We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hi, everybody. It's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, August 4th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. A little tip we're actually taping this Thursday night, but we're going to post it on Friday morning. Um, my guest is my Rotowire colleague and uh, DFS guru, but we're not going to talk all DFS, is Michael Rathburn. Um, Hey, man, another one. You're the second Charlotte uh, guest of the week. The Charlotte Fantasy Football Mafia is, is representing on the Rotowire podcast this week. Uh, I'm going to guess J.J. was the other one? No, J.J. was not the other one. Oh, okay. Who was it? Uh, I, lost, I lost track. Hold on. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot. It was, it was not Brad Evans. Hold on, everybody. Brad, Brad's not Charlotte. We no, got Jeff it's... from Football Guys. Yes, it was Jeff. Okay. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff told me. That he thought that Christian McCaffrey was he, he was talking about Christian McCaffrey's college tape and said, you know who he is, Marshall Falk. And I told him I was going to write that down and promote it to everybody that he said Christian McCaffrey was Marshall Falk. So uh, <laughs> not bad. I, no, I, I I'm not hating on it. Um, I, I think I, that's the, I just thought it was that's great. the ceiling. Yeah, I think that's the ceiling. I mean, maybe a guy that jumps to mind is maybe Brian Westbrook. I think it's really hard to put Hall of Fame comps on right. players. 
Uh, and I'm not, and Jeff knows his stuff and, and I'm not hating on the comp, but the guy that kind of popped in my head, um, was Brian Westbrook. I know Brian Westbrook wasn't necessarily like a, a punt return kind of guy and neither was Marshall Falk. So we got to kind of take that into consideration. But, um, Brian Westbrook kind of jumps, jumps in my head as a, as a guy that, you know, could do it all. I actually kind of like that one because there's, there's a lot worse things you could be than Brian Westbrook. What's interesting about that, a side note, is um, the guy that I work out, one of the, uh, a guy I work out with, he used to play at Western Illinois. Um, he played cornerback at Western Illinois, and his, his, uh, his uncle is Brian Westbrook. So. Okay. Wow. He was Brian good. Westbrook kind of popped in my head. He was a really good player. But yeah, I, I agree. I, really I wasn't good. hating yep. on Jeff either. I was just giving him a little – I was giving yeah, him a little I grief. I was going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you can't comp. I think it's really, really hard to comp a Hall of Famer to a rookie. Yeah. Um, I think you have to just temper expectations and just say, hey, look, ceiling is this. More likely, you know, he's he's going to be, you know – Right. You know, a pretty good player. And, yeah. But as, hey, and Jeff, yeah. Jeff has his Christian McCaffrey jersey already, so he is locked and loaded for the season. Yeah, you got to be a little careful with the Panther fandom, too. You know, sometimes we don't realize that um, hometown bias or or favorite team bias comes into play with a lot of fantasies, fantasy um, tout analysis. And um, they hate certain players because they play on certain teams, but they won't tell you. And they love certain players because they play on their favorite team and they won't tell you. So, right. you know, just be aware that there's a reason why certain people always gravitate to certain teams. All right. So before you moved to Charlotte, you were in, uh, in or around Miami, right? Yes. Um, yes. Are they have, is, was there a wake down there for Ryan Tanhill today? Or was it was a prayer vigil? What's going on? We don't know uh, the details yet. It, well, it, it was kind of like mixed reports. So, I mean, um, on the way home, I heard that, um, they were still waiting the results, but that they knew that, um, it looked like it sounded like there's no tear. Right. So, um, the issue is though, is that he had the, he had the sprain of both ligaments a year ago, uh, last season, didn't get surgery, decided to go the rehab route. And so now it looks like he's on a fragile knee. So the knee could, you know, while the knee was tweaked today, uh, the knee could go at any moment. And so that's why you heard the name Kaepernick and Jay Cutler because, um, you know, look, Matt, um, they're fortunate, though. Matt Moore, who obviously was here uh, and has done well for himself, I think he's been one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, kind of reminds me of like uh, Steve Berline or um, Steve DeBerg, like just hanging around forever and, and has always performed well when he gets a chance. But. Obviously, they're going to need somebody else behind Matt Moore or with Matt Moore. So, you know, the landscape of quarterback is thin. So, look, Miami's a fringe team to begin with. I mean, I think they overachieved last year. I think that best they're probably an 8-8 eight and eight team. But, um, you know, without Tannehill, you know, they could win four games. So, right. you know, that's, that's really why they're panicking right now. Yeah, Jay Cutler, stick with TV, buddy. I think that's my advice to him right now. <sighs> I, I, I don't, I wouldn't go that route. <laughs> um, I, one other injury I want to talk about. And by the way, that Tannehill news we just mentioned, we are literally when I am speaking right now at nine thirteen PM Eastern on Friday, on Thursday night. So, uh, by Friday morning, it's possible that you'll hear different information on that one, but this is where we are when we're recording. Um, the information is inconclusive on Tannehill's knee. Um, another injury I want to talk about real quick. Um, the, the chargers have lost their, probably their first two picks. It sounds like, um, Mike, Mike Williams, uh, we don't know what his situation is, but he could miss the season. He's got back issues. And they lost their uh, second-round pick, Forrest Lamp, the guard, um, to a torn ACL. D- does the line injury – they, they were, their line wasn't so great the last couple of years. 
Right. Lamp is a guy who they said, you know, I mean, it's not like he was going to come in and, and, and turn everything around, but he was, you know, he was a solid piece and they, they were counting on him. Are you any more worried about Melvin Gordon than you were a couple of days ago? Um, not really, kind of based on what you had said. Like last year, they, they, it was patchwork offensive line. I mean, at, at points, they were running fourth and fifth string guys. So, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, they may not want to abuse Gordon as much and, and maybe back off the workload uh, this year. And so he's more effective. But, you know, early on in the season, his yards per carry, you know, wasn't that great. And he had a lot of value because he was just getting, he had, he was getting all the touches and he was getting, getting touches inside the red zone, inside the goal line. So, you know, just be aware that, you know, he did get better as the season went on. He had a great year, but there was some struggles early on. A lot of that was line um, and probably just getting acclimated, you know, to what was going on. But it's unfortunate that this team continuously gets hit with injuries year after year because it looked like, you know, coming into the year, they probably had an outside shot of being a sleeper to win the AFC West. Absolutely. And, you know, they're they're probably going to be in a tough spot now. Yeah. All right. Um, everybody, we would like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football, rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, if you want to check us out on Twitter, Mike's at Fantasy Wrath. I'm at Hoppin 37 You can also send us tweets at Rotowire. Uh, you could also go to at Rotowire NFL, which has a lot of player updates, and you can uh, ask us questions and, and keep up with all our stuff on Facebook. All right, tonight we are going to talk about overvalued and undervalued players. We're going to use the MFL 10 or the MFL uh, average draft position as our reference point. But, but Mike and I are going to go back and forth a little bit uh, at each position talk about, you know, guys we think are getting too much hype, um, guys who are not getting enough. And um, we're going to start at quarterback. Uh, who, who do you have? Who do you think's overvalued looking at the, at the ADP at quarterback? Um, well, I got, uh, look, the luck thing, um, not to steal your play, but look, nope. you know, obviously the luck thing, um, if he's hurt and he misses a uh, significant time, uh, you know, that's obviously the ADP is going to, you know, be free falling here. So, you know, but you know, with ADP, you got to remember, you got to look at the time frame and what you're looking at. And so an ADP of a player, you know, with news coming out over the last week, you got to You got to look at it within the last week. You can't just take the last month. Cause it's going to be skewed. So um, I don't know how much luck has dropped um, in the last week. I'm sure it's, it's got to be at least around. Right. And the impact on the other players is going to be even, even bigger. But um, I know this is probably not going to be very popular, but um, I think Jameis Winston I think uh, Jameis Winston last year was around 19th in points per game. Right. System, you know, you want to look at. And when you look at where he's going, uh, I think he's just being pushed uh, a lot higher than what he should be. And with the quarterback position being so deep, uh, I don't think you necessarily need to, um, you know, reach. And so that's a guy that, you know, when you look at him right now, he's going like eighth. Right. And when I look at who's going 19th and we'll get to who, you know, we like as undervalued. I kind of like the guy that's like the player that's currently the 19th quarterback going off the board versus the guy that's eighth. Um, okay. You know, the, so that Winston would be the guy for me uh, that I just feel like is being overdrafted. It's not a knock on him as a player. I just feel like people are projecting 
um, his numbers didn't significantly increase last year. And I know the wide receiver position was, was kind of a mess after Evans, but they did have Bray and they did have Martin. Um, but you know, I think that, um, they're projecting him, uh, higher than what, what's going to happen. That would be my take. Gotcha. Okay. Um, all right. I think yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on Jameis a little bit. I mean, I have him 10th. He's going eighth. I'm projecting. I, I agree that we're projecting a little on him, and we're looking at the the weapons that he has added. Yeah, I don't think that you know. I'm certainly not projecting him to finish 19th like he did a year ago. But if he finishes 12th or 13th, uh, are you really getting value when the 12th or 13th quarterback is going off the board around pick 100 and he's going off around pick 60? Yep. Um, mine here is. I mean, luck, like you talked about, it's it depends on how the you know the injury thing. I I just think that. For a guy who hasn't thrown a ball, we're just, you know, we, we, we even recently, you know, we, all, all along, I think we've been drafting him a little high. Oh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Even, because we don't know, because there's just too much unknown. Well, people, people automatically project 16 games and, you know, right. you can't, you can't do that. You got to really look at, um, look, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have had surgeries in the off season that, you know, you got to really take into consideration you know, what impact is it going to have on this, you know, this player hasn't thrown or this player, you know, it's just a lot of guys that had surgery recovering, coming back. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, do you need to take him at, you know, number three overall 40 pick 42 is what I've got here. Right. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's, you know, middle of the third round. You can't do it. You can't do it right now. I, I mean, where would you feel comfortable? Let's say, all right, we've heard the rumor of six weeks floated out there. So let's say that's, an overestimate and let's say Andrew Luck misses three games. Yep. Uh, let's cut it in half. Um, you know, do you have an idea in mind of where you think he should go and how far you should drop at that point? I, I've got, I'm looking at my quarterback rankings and I'm, I've got Roethlisberger 13, Luck 14, Rivers 15 right now. And okay. it's just factoring the risk. And I, and I think that's about it. Like, what, would I still take luck over Andy Dalton? Well, I kind of like right, Andy Dalton, right. but I probably would. And I try to ride out. And I tr- basically what I probably do is also draft Andy Dalton and try to ride out that, those first few weeks. Mm. And, but I think that's yeah, kind of I mean, the take away, take away a th- eight touchdowns. Yep. And that's probably about where you're going to be with him, you know, whatever your projections are, probably take away, you know, without, I, I don't know who they play the first three weeks, but just on average, so let's say he's going to average 300 yards a game or a little bit more. Uh, the team is still not that good. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, what worries me a little bit even further is let's say he misses the first three weeks in their 0 and 3 and he comes back. He's going to have to throw even more if this team is just not able to establish the run and the defense is bad and that's going to subject them maybe to more potential injury. So we, you know, the issues with their offensive line, they just haven't been able to protect them. That's why he's hurt. Um, they, you know, it's a team, it's a team. It's defense has been bottom five. So, you know, he's just going to be in a situation where he's going to probably have to drop back and throw a lot. And that could, you know, potentially be further injury. All right. You know what I want to do? I want to switch up. We were going to do all the overvalueds and all the undervalueds. That's how I had it sketched out for Mike. What I want to do, why don't we just stick with quarterback for now? Just go to QB. Yeah, yeah sure. You, you were talking yeah. about number 19 and number 19 that I'm looking at. Is that Eli? 
Uh, Tyrod. Tyrod. Okay, you like yep. so so that's a guy. He's going 18th, right? In in MFL dress, right? 19th in, in MFL yeah, dress that. right yep. now. Yep. 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 Um, I, I like him too. I, he's solid. He he gets no love. No love from none anyone. At all. And, none at all. Nope. It's because he doesn't. It's because he's not a passer. Yep. I, I mean, he's a better passer than people think. But he's right. not a you know, ball guy. Tom Brady yeah, he's a deep ball guy. throwing yeah. 35 touchdowns yep. kind of guy. Yep. And um, I think, uh, you know, we got – I know there was some reports that came out that said he wasn't looking great. I'm going to overlook that. I mean, look, the guy's performed on the field the last two years with not a lot around him. What's kind of good about that, though, is it forces him to make plays. And he's really good at not getting hurt. And he's got, he's got a better – He's got a better surrounding cast, arguably, this year than I think he's had in the past. It's not significantly better, but I love Zay Jones. And I think that with the new off with the new regime in play, um, you know, I think that they're going to get Charles Clay more involved. Uh, you know, they run the ball really, really well. He's never going to throw 40 times a game, but he doesn't have to. The thing that's great about him is this guy can go out there and get you like 225, 250, two touchdowns, and then run 30 or 40, and then potentially get half a touchdown a game. Right. And at the end, at the end of the day, you look up and you're like, like I was in a league last year. I had Russell Wilson and Tyrod, and they finished with almost the same amount of points. I think yeah. Tyrod was a little bit more, but you felt more comfortable playing Tyrod every week because he was healthy and Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson's going in the top five Tyrod's going at 19. I think he, look, he was a guy last year, same, same exact draft spot, maybe going a little bit later. Yep. Nobody, nobody took him. I took him in the flex league that, that's going to happen this weekend. I think I paid like a buck for him or whatever it was. And, and I wrote him when Brady was out. So I, I, that's just my guy. Okay. My guy's Tyrod. Um, two other guys that I like. I try to go deep at QB um, because I feel like there's like that glut of QBs that are all kind of meshed together. So I try to pull a couple. Of, like I think these are guys that are not going to be QB ones, uh, but I think are borderline. I think like you're looking at a possibility QB one in certain weeks. Uh, first guy is Sam Bradford. Okay. I think that um, being that I think a lot of people forget that he got traded like right before the season started last year and they basically needed him to be a game manager and they had a lot of injuries. But if you look at the surrounding cast of that team, the defense is still solid. Um, the guy completes passes. Now they may not be for much yards, but he doesn't throw any interceptions. And so if I'm looking at a, at, a, at a QB2 that I need to plug in and not hurt me, you know, I'll play matchups with, with a guy like Bradford, considering that Thielen's going to develop. We saw a Thielen develop last year. Diggs is developing and getting better. Uh, they obviously have finally cracked the nut with Kyle Rudolph, it right. looks like. And I think, I think you know, and the running game is, you know, with Dalvin Cook, Murray's hurt, but still he'll be there. I just think overall this team is in a better position this year than they were a year ago and he's going off the board at 25 again if he finishes just outside the top 12 i think that's kind of what i'm looking at i think there's an opportunity for him to kind of get into that like 12 to 15 range uh and the other guy i think is interesting is brian hoyer who when he was healthy and played last year 
on the Bears, he actually produced. He did. And so that's another guy I think that if if you want to play the weight game at quarterback, uh, I think those are two guys that are safe, that have some potential upside of being QB1s in certain weeks. Okay. Um, yeah, that's digging pretty deep. I like that. The guy I was, I'm looking at. I, 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 luck was my biggest on the, on the overvalued. And I know, and you know, I know injury factors in Russell Wilson. I think we overvalue a little bit I mean, I like him, um, but he's going, he run. he's not going to run. He, he's not going to run. He's going sixth at quarterback. Yeah. He's not the same guy. Right. And he's, and he doesn't yeah. throw enough to make that, to make up for it. Right. He's not elite in the passing like, like Breeze is, and he's not running anymore. Like, like say a cam was. Or because his, they don't want him to run because if he gets hurt, the season's over. Right. Um, the offensive line is still not good, and uh, the receiving core outside of Doug Baldwin is, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham is there, and, and Procise I think is going to be huge, but um, not a lot there. Um, Lockett's got to get healthy. Um, just not a lot of secondary options in the in the passing game. I think you know Jimmy Graham and and. and Baldwin are just going to get peppered with targets um, tremendously and along with Procise. But, um, yeah, the, the, they're, they're going to win uh, with their defense, and they're going to win trying to control with, with Lacey. And um, hopefully Russell will stay healthy because last year it was rough watching him. I mean, he was out there with double knee braces, double ankle brace. You know, it was there was a game. I remember he had so much hardware on his legs. He couldn't even move in the pocket. Right. He would just drop back and like just just flick the ball. Yep. And it was it was rough because he when healthy, he's a dynamic player and he had a monster second half in 2015. So that's kind of what everybody thought he was going to be coming into last year. And he got hurt right away, the ankle, the knee. And once those go, man, it's really, really hard to, you know, to overcome, especially with that, with that offensive line. I agree. Um, my undervalued guy, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify it here, that I've, not, I've been talking about Cousins and Stafford too much on that front, and I'm going to stop tonight. I mean, I think they're both undervalued. I think we don't like them. I think we don't appreciate them enough, but I talk about them not every day, but close enough to it. So I'm going to pick another guy, Andy Dalton. I I've been in the mocks and early drafts I've done. I play the waiting game. And in some of them, I'll say, you know, because I played the waiting game, I'll take a second quarterback. Some leagues I might not, but that some leagues I will, you know, if I wait on the quarterback enough and I go down to the, you know, I start with the 10th quarterback, I'll probably pair him up with somebody and play matchups. Andy Dalton is going as the 17th quarterback. At MFL, I mean the guy. He was he was a top five quarterback in 2015, 2015 or 20, yeah 2015, right? Yep. He, he, and, I mean even though he got hurt a little bit, um, for, right before the end. Last year he threw for more, you know, it was more yards per game. You know the attempts were, you know, the volume was high enough. It was not great, but it was let's say middle of the pack. The touchdown regression probably came a little too much. You know he probably he, yeah. not regression. It, it, he, a lot he, of he, games of one touchdown. Yeah, yeah and that'll that probably now. get better. Like, I, I think if, if Andy Dalton's a guy who's playing a lot of weeks, I'm happy. He had four rushing touchdowns last year, which is very interesting. Right. Um, uh, the, the issue I have with Dalton is the offensive line. Yep. And, and their offensive line took some hits. And I'm just a little bit worried, um, you know, where things are going to be. So that's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. 
uh, during the preseason and just seeing, you know, the health of the line and who's going to start and because they took some big hits. Um, but they're saying the guys that they got to come in and take those spots are, you know, up to par. So I heard their GM on NFL Network the other day, and they feel like the guys that are going to step in, you know, they feel good. Of course, that's what they're going to say. Right. But um, I think that um, the other thing that concerns me about Dalton is John Ross not being healthy. And I think that um, I, I just think that with Dalton, I'm not sure at this point if he's going to outperform his ADP. Uh uh, certainly the TDs need to come back. And if a healthy AJ green, you know, uh, they need Eifert to be healthy at the start of the season. He's a monster. Uh, if they can get him going, he's a guy that can, you know, rack up double, you know, two touchdown games. So I think it's there. I just don't know. I think he would need a lot to go right just to crack the top 10 Okay. Uh, right now. But um, I don't think he finishes any lower than where he's at. Whereas, some other guys potentially could. Um, so from that perspective, is he safe? Yeah, I don't know if there's upside there. Okay, that's fair. Um, everybody, we got to thank our friends at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast with Yahoo Fantasy Football, where I was checking um, stats from last year and fantasy points where I saw Russell Wilson was ninth. Um, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, and where there's no such thing as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash yahoo and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk. They keep getting back to that. They're really encouraging smack talk here with the Yahoo um, read, which, which I kind of like. Um, that app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and look at waiver options right on your phone. It gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo, where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football. Rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. All right, let's get to running backs. Um, who do you, who's getting too much love at running back for you? Uh, okay. Um, I got four guys. Um, and some of these are, are, you know, names that other people have talked about, but, um, to me, Joe Mixon, I feel like he's been just elevated way beyond, uh, where there's no, there's no value left at the current ADP. Um, 13th overall at running back it's crazy um, for a guy that is not guaranteed the starting job with two other running backs on the roster uh i think he just needs a lot to go right even just to break even and when you look at joe mixon at 38 and i look at christian mccaffrey at 38 i look at dalvin cook and we'll talk about him at 46 uh to me there's a no-brainer there i mean as far as opportunity um one guy is going to be used a lot. The other guy, we don't know if he's going to be used a lot. A lot of people are saying he is, but I think what happens is there are certain people, there are certain players that become what I call IDs, and that's internet darlings. <laughs> and um, I think Joe Mixon is an internet darling. He's a Twitter darling. Uh, he was a guy that was awesome at Oklahoma. I watch a lot of college football. There's no doubt in the talent, but. Um, Everybody wants to put their stamp on a rookie, and they put their stamp on uh, Mixon. 
and just pushed him to the point where I don't see it. So that's that's my number one guy. Um, I still don't understand the Todd Gurley, um, at, you know, going off the board at the ninth running back overall. Yeah. Uh, ahead of DeMarco Murray. I don't <laughs> get it. Um, that to me, I just, you know, one guy's got a top five offensive line and proved it a year ago. The other guy has a middle of the road offensive line with a rookie quarterback and a whole brand new offensive system that we don't know anything about. I don't know if you happen to watch the all or nothing series on Amazon prime with the Rams. Um, yeah, what happened was you got, um, I think they got, they gave away a free month. What they do is, uh, they drop that around the time where they give a free month. So everybody can watch it for free. One of the things that I overlooked with, I didn't own Gurley last year. I didn't own any Rams, but one of the things that I probably am going to look at more is the impact of coaches. And so one of the things that I learned with the Rams all or nothing is the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year uh, was a guy that um, his name escapes me. Um, Rob, I believe his name is Rob Boris. Um, He had never been an offensive coordinator before. He had only been a tight ends coach. The guy was clueless. (laughs) And I kind of looked at it and I'm like, no wonder why they had so many issues because like they showed him in a couple of team meetings and he was like doing these PowerPoint presentations that were trying to be like motivational. And it was almost like something out of like junior high. And I just looked at it and I'm like, gosh, would a, would a, would an organization another organization with a top notch offensive coordinator be doing this kind of stuff. And the answer was no. Um, it just seemed like they didn't have any direction at all offensively last year. So I, and I, and I don't know what they're going to do this year. I have no idea. So I'm just not willing to take a chance on Gurley at nine. Um, I love the talent. Just don't love the situation. Yeah. I I get what you're saying. Like I I keep wanting to believe in Gurley. And I think we all did, you know, because we, we saw the first year. And what we saw the first year was basically there was, there was a bad quarterback in a bad line, and he made it work. I'll tell you what, man. There was another guy that used to be a L.A. Rams running back. And a matter of fact, they might have been in St. Louis at the time. But, um, and he was a top pick. And he had a pretty good first year. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't very good year two, and he wasn't very good year three. You remember who that was? Uh, are you talking about Lawrence Phillips? Jerome Bettis. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden, Jerome Bettis got traded to the Steelers and became a Hall of Fame running back, arguably. arguably. Um, The talent's huge here. You're right. It is. Monster talent. I hate the situation. I just don't know if he can overcome it. And it wouldn't shock me if Todd Gurley was in another jersey after this season. All right. Um, For his sake, I hope you're right. Um, Are you on the Lynch train or not? Yes. No, I don't like him. I don't like him. Good. No, no way. I mean, he's already down to 18th overall. Um, he was he was higher than that, I believe. I think people are finally starting to realize that there's a lot of risk. Yeah. In him, and I know he was pushing. I think he was pushing higher than that. Um, I think he was going in the third round at one point. Um, I felt like I was seeing second round in some places. That's crazy. No, that's, there's so much risk there. Yep. 
No yeah, for a guy that sat out, I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody who's ever sat out a year, been able to come back and, and perform. I, I just don't just tell me who. Right. Um, the problem is, I'm not in love with a lot of the running backs at that spot. Um, I don't mind. I love Dalvin Cook, but he's going to start going higher. Um, I'm 50-50 on Ty Montgomery. I don't like Carlos Hyde. Uh, we'll talk about a couple other guys in this spot that I actually do like. I like some other running backs that are a little bit lower than him. So I don't. I just don't think Marshawn has any. I mean, what can you what can you accurately project for this guy if he stays healthy? 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah, we don't or, know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I get that the situation is good. You know, good good offense, yeah. good line, good passing game that opens things. I mean, I get it. But I don't like the guy that's in. The guy situation. could easily get hurt in preseason. Could be out of shape. It just, you know, taking a year off from football. Now all of a sudden taking hits. Right. Uh, you know that's. In know. 2015, he wasn't really good either. Yeah, we started to see the decline. Right. Uh, granted, bad offensive line, but we started seeing the decline on this guy. Um, and everybody's acting like he's the Marshawn Lynch from you know three or four years ago. Right. And that's not the case. So yeah, um, I don't get it. Um, again, I think people, I think he's a likable guy and I think that people love the personality and I think people just fall in love with the player more than looking at what he's actually going to produce on the field. All right. Um, the last guy I want to mention that, that I have an overvalue, um, Derek, how could Derek Henry be 23 at running back on a, in a PPR format? Derek Henry is Ben Tate and <laughs> Marco Murray is Arian Foster. <laughs> And what's funny, though, is um, how many years did Ben Tate go in the sixth or seventh round and never did a damn thing? Yeah, I agree. Oh, you got to have Ben Tate. you got to have Ben Tate every single year. Where's Ben Tate? Yeah. Parking cars? I think that's a good comp right there. I like that one. I, it's, it's, it's not, again, it's not the player, the situation. It's the Ben Tate scenario all over again. Right. Oh, if I draft Arian Foster because Arian Foster is going to get hurt. I gotta have I gotta have Ben Tate. Yeah. And how many times did Ben Tate pay off? Zero. Zero. That's right. Uh, now the talent. Now the talent is there. Derrick Henry. I I love Derrick Henry as talent, but where he's going, um, definitely leads you know a little bit to be desired. Now he is starting to dip a little bit, which is you know I think correcting, uh, but. You know, Tevin Coleman's right there. Mike Gillisley's right there. Uh, not in love with C.J. Anderson. I, I don't even mind Mark Ingram uh, at that point. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that those guys have jobs. Those guys right. have jobs that right. they could lose. And Derek you know Henry. what's going to happen too, right? So week three, week four, you have injuries and you have buys. And now all of a sudden, Derrick Henry is your first cut, and he was your seventh round pick. Right. I agree. So you're just burning. You're burning a draft pick. Yeah. All right, so so going to your undervalued running backs, so you, I, I think where you're going to you mentioned Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. at six yeah. at running back sixteen, you really like Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he's not going to be sixteen. It's, uh, I think he's going to push twelve. Wow. I think he's going to jump ahead of Lamar Miller. You know why? Latavius Murray's already hurt, and Jarek McKinnon, he's he's, he's going to get. He's going to get three, three down. He's 
Look, this is a team that um, I I like the Vikings this year as a, as one of the most improved teams. I think everybody forgets about what they were two years ago and how they were really really close. And you got to remember, Bradford played well last year, thrown into a situation where you know he had no time to prepare, and he had a good year. The problem is they had a lot of injuries, so I'm I'm looking at you know some hopefully some uh, correction there. They get healthy. I think that the wide receivers take a step forward, and Cook was a beast at Florida State. I think Cook has a chip on his shoulder because he was initially projected as a number one running back in the draft, right? And some of the off the field stuff, and he was he wasn't in conditioning shape. Dipped him to the second round. I don't think this guy should have been a second rounder. He should have been a first rounder. Um, and he, like I said, um, he was a beast at Florida State. And I like I like guys that come out of a pro style offense and play against good competition, which is what he did. And um, I think that at the end of the day right now, I think he ultimately goes off around earlier than what he currently is now. I think he's going to be an end of the third round kind of guy. Um, And I think that um, there's a potential here. Um, There's not a lot of, um, I don't think there's a lot of profit and him going off at the end of the third at the top of the fourth. Right. But I think that there's enough of a floor where he's going to pay off and return his value on ADP. And let's face it, a lot of times, if you can just break even on a player, you're probably going to win. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we, we all get hung up on, on the value and, and being able to like profit, like you said. And sometimes yeah. a guy earning, his not everybody's going to be a first rounder. Only 12 guys can be a first rounder. Right. So, you know, it really, what it, what it is, is, you know, don't look at an eighth round guy and say, oh, you know, I need him to be a first rounder. Look at an eighth round guy and say, I need him to be a fourth rounder. I need him to be a fifth rounder. If you can break even or gain one or two rounds of profit on a player, um, then you're probably going to win. And you're going to probably go, you know, win 10, 11, 12 games in your regular season. Mm-hmm. It's that much of a, you know, the attrition rate is just disgusting in NFL. So um, the opportunity is there for him. Uh you know, do you trust Isaiah Crowell? Do you trust, trust yeah. you know, Ty Montgomery, Marshawn Lynch, Carlos? I mean, you know, I just look at his situation and the backs that are being drafted around him. I think he provides the best floor, and there's there's, there's a little bit more profit there. Okay. Um, the other guy I want to mention, um, we talked a little about, we mentioned Ingram and, and Ware to a lesser extent. I like that. Where they're going, 25 and 26. Ware's 25, Ingram 26. And I, I kind of like him. I think Ingram's going to be fine. I'm, I'm out on Peterson. Um, Theoretic. Look, I know they're going to get – I like Abdullah, and I think they're going to let – they're going to give him a chance. I thought they were going to give him a chance last year, and I've, I've yeah, said recently – Yeah, stay on the field. Yeah. I, I know. I, I was really disappointed. He was the guy – I did the zero RB thing, and I wound up getting him in the seventh, eighth round. I hear you. I owned a lot of him last year. I had a lot of shares. But even if he does well, theoretic – I mean, they're already talking about, you know, well, with Bolden gone, we're going to use him in the red zone more. You know, over the last two seasons, theoretic has caught five passes a game. And the floor is so nice in a PPR league with him. Yeah. And, and the guy's yeah, going to— Yeah, because he never has 10 and he never has one. He just always has four to five to six every game. Right. And, and you're in a PPR league, and I'm going—he's he's going as the 37th running back. And I'm looking, I'm saying, depending on how I draft my team, if, if I load up at wide receiver, let's say— I'm We well, got to remember, he missed five games. He missed six games last year, too. Yep. 
and, and so so we, you know project that back in this guy is this guy's going to catch 80 ball 80 balls right and i mean i am so happy in a ppr league to walk into week 1 with theoretic as one of my starting running backs i'm fine with that if if i've drafted everything else early right Cut. Caught 80 balls in 2015. There's yeah. no reason why he should not get back to that. This makes no sense to me. This this especially in this format, this makes no because sense. Because people look at what they did a year ago. Right. And think that's who the player is. And they don't even you know how many people look at total points or where the guy ranked, and they don't even look at points per game. Right. It's like I remember the year, I think it was two years ago. Or it might have been last year. It might have been last year with AJ Green. AJ Green had missed like three three games, but he had actually missed like four. He had played it. He had played in a game and got hurt like on the first or second play. People were not even factoring that in when they were looking at his production. And I kept looking at him like, well, if you look at points per game and you take out the game that he really didn't play in, he's still top five. Yeah. And that's and they didn't have any wide receivers last year. So I think that's one of the things that people definitely need to look at more. I, I'm a stickler of points per game. And I'm also a stickler for looking at what did the guy do the first eight weeks of the season? And what did the guy do the second, eight, like the first half, second right. half? Because a lot could change. And then also we were, we forget. Oh yeah, that guy was hurt. Oh yeah, the reason the reason why so and so, you know, his production went up is because you know three guys on offense were hurt, or you know that we we have a tendency of forgetting that, and so that's something that you always want to try to go back on and remember that, you know, hey, why did you know what happened last year? What caused it? What's changed? Um, a lot of times, what happens too is people forget that maybe a starting quarterback was hurt. And a wide receiver numbers aren't that good. And then you got to remember, oh, yeah, well, the last five games of the year, you didn't have a starting quarterback. Right. Right. All right. Um, everybody, out of new fantasy football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like an NFL GM. It's better fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, and college players in the player pool. Stash college prospects for the future. Trade for superstars to make a championship push and develop a team over multiple seasons. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the Internet – out of new fantasy football. That's O T T O N E U. That's out of new football.com. I'm playing in a league with some of the RotoWire guys. I'm actually really looking forward to that one. Right. Hey, real quick, I just want to throw in Sproles as oh, yeah. a sleeper. Really? Yep. He 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 he's not a he is what he is guy. Like I like Blunt. Look at though. where he's going though, man. <laughs> where he's going sixtieth. Uh, yeah. At running back. Right. I mean that's fair. I mean that, yeah, yeah. If you can get him. I mean, I, I don't I think know how he's much got I expect. potential to be an RB three, and in a, so in a best ball PPR. Why. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see. That. I mean, I I like you know Blunt, what? Blunt, Blunt can't catch. I know. Hey, so so Sproles has so someone's got to be on the field there. I get that. Don, Donnell Pumphrey is not big enough to play in the NFL, and they don't like Wendell Smallwood. Darren Sproles is going to get some balls. All right, I like that, and that's a deep, deep, deep guy. So you can get him yeah. right now in round. I just think I 15. think he's. RB sixty with the potential of returning RB thirty six. Okay, that's a good one. Let's go to wide receivers. Um, who do you who do you not like? Who's going too high? Uh, not going anywhere near Des Bryant, and uh, because I don't the way their offense plays is they don't run a lot of plays, and you know they 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 protect Dak a lot, and. 
I'm just not, you know, this is not the Tony Romo, you know, gunslinger 34, 31. Let's outscore them. This is a team that is going to have to, um, you know, play, play the clock game like they did a year ago, control the line of scrimmage, run the ball play the other team in terms of just having the ball more than the other team. Uh, and that doesn't play to Des having a monster season. I know I'm looking at, you know, he, he played uh, 13 games last year, 800 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, does he get to a thousand? Does he get to 10? Yeah, he does. Um, but I, I don't see the targets being there. Um, he had 96 a year ago. I'm looking at somebody projecting him at 140. I don't see it. Um, I think it's probably, you know, a lot less than that. And I just don't see um, – I think the situation doesn't warrant this guy. Um, you know, he's going 11th off the board. Um, it's not bad, but I don't think that there's any upside in that at all. I don't think that he can outperform the ADP at all. And I think if he misses time, now we start looking at a guy who is going to be outside the top 24 and where he's going. I think that, you know, overall pick 25 could easily see him being more of a guy who should be going like in the 40s. Okay. Um, I, I think that's a fair assessment for him. There's, there's more risk. It's probably more risk than I've been factoring in. Uh, all Sean, all Sean. The, the injury history, uh, change of scenery, injury history, second year quarterback. Uh, just, I, I just think that he's, he's fighting a lot there. Um, I just, I just don't see it. Um, you know, give me golden Tate. Uh, I can trust golden Tate. Um, look, the guy, you know, even though the guy missed some time last year with a suspension, um, he, you know, I know his quarterback situation wasn't great, but he's, He's hurt again. Right. And, you know, I, I'm looking at projection of 1,200 yards and four TDs. I don't, I don't see it. I just, you know, the last two years, this guy has been identical. 50 catches, 800 yards, two to four touchdowns. Yeah. I think that's who he is. Uh, you, you can't assume that this guy is going to play 16 games. And, you know, again, change of scenery, change of quarterback. I, I just don't I just don't see it. Nineteenth wide receiver going off the board. Give me Devontae Adams. Right. Okay. Give me Terrell Pryor, Golden Tate, Stefan Diggs. I mean, there's like eight guys I would pick over Alshon. Okay. Let me see down here. So Alshon's going ahead of Adams, Tyreek Hill, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, Pryor, I think I, I agree with you there. Okay, actually Tyreek Tyreek Hill's a guy I want to talk about. Um he's twenty first at wide receiver. I mean, last year he—he's an interesting guy, and and I don't—I don't know. It's so funny, it, you know. You, you you see, you watch the Twitter arguments, and some people get so offended when you call Tyree Kill a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, his speed is explosive, but I—I I don't know if he's more than a gadget guy. I mean, right. he's a great gadget if that's what he is. Right. But, right, but it's really hard to project and predict yeah, that on a week-to-week basis. As a, as a yeah. wide receiver, but now basically they've thrust him into more responsibility. Right, and, and whereas last year nobody had any expectations of anything. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if we if we know enough to know if he can handle it. Like if he if he can right. literally 
run the routes necessary to be a pretty good NFL wide receiver. And I mean, I don't want to count on all the, you know, the special, I mean, I'm going to guess he's going to get a couple of special team touchdowns. He probably will. Sure. But I mean, do I want him as my second wide receiver? Nah, no way. Yeah. I think there's a lot of volatility there for sure. Um, for a guy that, you know, I think the thing with, for me with Hill is he plays in an offense that is a lot like Dallas in the sense that they're going to play a certain way. Um, now he's the kind of player that if they're going to take shots, he's going to be the guy they're going to take him with. But I'm kind of down on the Chiefs this year, and I'm not sure that this team is going to be able to move the ball. And uh, I think that you know there's some certainty, some uncertainty there with the quarterback situation. You know why did they move up to get Mahomes? Um, they don't feel confident in Alex Smith, and if they do happen to make a change midstream you know that's probably going to impact the, the chiefs offensive players quite a bit so i'm um, i am projecting that um for sure that's my opinion um but i'm really not high on the chiefs and i think that hill would be a guy that you know again i look at you know he's going around that same group as alshon and i just look at you know give me Devonte adams in a monster offense with a with a hall of fame quarterback Give me Terrell Pryor with a pretty darn good quarterback now, considering he had nobody, um, and going to be a monster red zone threat, especially if Jordan Reed is not right. Right. Because uh, at some point, he's going to go down. Golden Tate, Martavis Bryant, Stephon Diggs. But, I mean, there's so many guys that I like in this group that I don't think you need to take the risk on Tyreek Hill because you got to look at it and say, is Tyreek Hill a wide receiver one? No. no, look at the 12 guys that are going in the top 12. He's not cracking the top 12. So he's, he's middle of the pack wide receiver too. That's his ceiling. So you're drafting his ceiling. Can Martavis Bryant be a wide receiver one? Yes. yes. Can Golden Tate be possibly could Terrell Pryor could Devonte Adams could still all these guys that are going around that same group. I think there's six guys that have potential of being a wide receiver one. He's not one of them, so that's why I'm not picking him. All right. I'm with you. Um, I was going to bring up Jarvis Landry, but I, I think now that with the Tannehill news, we kind of have to. Yeah, I think, you know, that, it's, that kind of is goes without, you know. Yep. Um, the other guy, I think, and it kind of goes along to Winston, uh, you know, is Deshaun. Uh, I know he's not going um, super high, but, um, you know, but uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not on him. Um, I think there's just other guys. He just is a guy that. Um, I think there's other players in that group that I like more. Right. Um, I'm not down on him, but I think there's other guys. Again, you know, could he be a wide receiver too? Potentially. Um, he but doesn't I catch think enough that, balls, though. Right. Right. And it's all touchdown dependent. So. Um, you know, Pierre Garcon, Tyrell Williams, John Brown, you know, those are some guys in that same area where I feel like they have potential of being wide receiver twos, whereas I'm not sure if Deshaun can really eclipse more than a wide receiver three. Okay. Um, not in that offense. It's not the same offense. Right. Guys you do like. Who, who, who's – give me one that you do like. Uh, let's see here. 
Okay, John Brown's uh, one you mentioned that I like. PPR yep, maybe yep. not as much. I know but. we agree. Yeah, John Brown would probably be number one. Um, I just mentioned Garcon. Yep. Uh, I think he's definitely got a shot at being a wide receiver too. He's going off the board at wide receiver 40, uh, pick 104. Uh, and I like Hoyer, so I think Hoyer's going to be able to get on the ball. Uh, Zay Jones, I'm huge on Zay Jones and um, love the talent. If Watkins can't stay healthy, he's going off the board at 56. I think Zay Jones got an outside shot at being a, a minimum wide receiver three. Wow. Uh, with a shot, I think, at being a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver two if everything breaks right. So I think there's just – and there's another guy that's going right next to him, and that's Kenny Britt. Hmm. Uh, I think Kenny Britt, uh, we knew the talent when he, was with, with, when he was with Tennessee before, and he's able to stay out of trouble. It looks like this guy's cleaned up his act put up numbers with no quarterback. I know the quarterback situation in Cleveland's not probably that much better, but I do think the over the team is better. Maybe not by a long shot, but even still, this guy's going off at wide receiver 55. Yeah. And I just think that Kenny Britt, and I'm not the only one. It's not like I'm dropping, um, you know, a sleeper that no one else is on. Um, Kenny Britt had several games last year of eight plus targets. Uh, you know, he had put up a thousand yards, five touchdowns. You know, he's going off at wide receiver, uh, 55. There's other players that have the same kind of stats that are going off inside the top 24. Right. So, okay. you know, I think there's just, it's, it's if he gets hurt. All right. Uh, there's another guy I want to mention here. Um, I just say you, you said you're not dropping guys that no one's on, but you're, you're, you're way higher on Zay Jones than most people. And I want to note that. Yeah. Um, okay. One of the guys that I was looking at, considering the format, is Julian Edelman. He's going as the 28th PPR wide receiver. I have him last year. I'm looking at Yahoo, in, in, and, and leagues are different scoring, but 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 15 at wide receiver. And he's going 28th off the board. I mean, I know Brandon Cooks is there. Brady's, Brady's going to throw 80 balls to Julian Edelman. He's just going to. He always does, right? Isn't that – I mean, I, is it, I know he's boring, and I know he probably doesn't catch, catch as many touchdowns as you'd like. But 28th, that's just way too low for me. I don't know if the volume is going to be there. Uh, I think that they're going to throw more to the backs this year. And I look at his numbers from last year. He had 160 targets, and that was without Gronk. Mm-hmm. So the distribution of targets, I think that unfortunately, you know, he's no longer the top guy in the pecking order. And I think it's going to be tough for him to get the volume. So while, you know, I, I just I, I think like I look at I don't know if there's going to be a huge drop off there, but I just think it's really, really hard to project him to get the targets that he got last year based on the fact that Gronk was out. And a lot of their receiving running backs were out. Um, and now you add Brandon Cooks to the mix. I think that um, – I don't know if the volume is going to be there. Now, that being said, uh, even at 28, um, I think it's, it might be priced in. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I, I just don't know if he – I don't think he can do anything to, to – he would need Gronk to get hurt or Cooks to get hurt. To, to outperform his ADP 
But again, we didn't necessarily say that he needs to outperform. He needs to either break even or outperform, or even even if he's off by a round. Even if you even if you get a player and, he, and you draft him in the fourth round or the fifth round, and he returns sixth or seventh round value, he's still probably going to win. Right. It's just a matter of, like you want to avoid the guys you draft in the fourth round and give you a zeros, or or you know you cut them after the fourth week for whatever reason. So. Julian Edelman's not a guy that's going to um, all of a sudden drop off the face of the earth, but uh, I think that he could have some dud weeks. That would be my only concern about him. I could see him having some quiet weeks, like four, you know, like six for fifty with no touchdowns. I could see, you know, a lot of those kind of weeks. And then he's going to have his ten for one ten and two. Right. But I don't know how many he's going to be able to get this year with Cooks and Gronk back. All right. So, so last four years for Edelman. 2013, 105 catches. 2014, 92 in 14 games. 2015, 61 in seven games. Right. And last year, 98 catches. I don't know. I have, a hard, I have a hard time seeing them starting to go away from him to a great extent. That's all. I, and well, I, he's certainly going to be the safety valve because Cooks is going to be more the deep threat. Yep. But, um, you know, it's funny, like – so, yeah, he, you know, his targets three out of the last four years. Let's not even look at 2015, 160, 134, 151. Um, I just don't know if he can get to that number. You know, does he get to 120 this year? Uh, yeah, he probably, you know, maybe he gets to 120 and that's, you know, kind of a, about a 20 percent dip. Yeah. So that's kind of my only thing. And only three touchdowns last year. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, a lot of weeks of. Um, look, he's PPR, like, you know, standard. I'm probably not going anywhere near him regardless of where he's at. Um, but if you look at his yardage totals, you know, they really spiked in the second half of the season when they had to rely on him even more. His targets went through the roof. Um, I'm looking at his first eight games last year of more of what I think his volume is going to be and his production is going to be versus the second half of last year. Okay. That's fair. Um, all right, anybody, I'm trying to think anybody. Yeah, Pryor, we agree on Pryor, I think, right? I mean, he's he's. Yeah, I well. think there's monster upside there. Um, just scratching the surface. Um, he's going off the board at 22. I think he's got an he's got an outside shot of cracking wide receiver one territory. I do too. Especially if Ty drops out of the mix, Hopkins drops out of the mix, Brian drops out of the mix. Like there's three there's three or four guys that are that are wide receiver ones that I think could potentially not hit value. And so that opens up three or four spots. And I think Devontae Adams, Terrell Pryor, Martavis Bryant would probably be the three guys that I would look at and say those are three guys that could jump up into that into that group. All right. Um, everybody with football season right around the corner. It's obviously time to fire up your fantasy leagues again. So um, I've been playing for th- – how long have you been playing fantasy football? I've been playing 30 years. Oh, man. You got me beat. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, 93? All right. Pretty close. Yeah. 93. 88 was my first year. Yep. And I think – and I had this weird thing where the first – basically all we did, it was touchdowns and touchdown passes oh, yeah. and field goals and extra points. Yeah. And the first three years, everybody who won my league, Morton Anderson, was on their team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back then, things were very interesting. Yeah. So, so I think the next year, he got drafted in like the third round of the league or something. So anyway. Yeah. I think 
remember Steve Young getting picked number one overall because the because there were no running quarterbacks at the time. Right. And he was putting up Aaron Rodgers passing numbers and Cam Newton rushing numbers. Yep. So pretty much it got to the point where if you had Steve Young for a couple of years, you pretty much just destroyed the league. Money. Absolutely. Then it got to the point where if you had Emmett Smith, you destroyed the league or Ladanian Tomlinson yes. or Marcel Falk. I mean, we go, we kind of forget that the number one pick in the draft used to mean you probably were winning the league unless your guy got hurt. Right. They were, they were huge. Uh, which, right. Which is why the whole third round reversal and the whole, you know, there were a lot of things that, you know, but then the game changed. Um, and it wasn't as much of a running game as much. It became a passing game. So quarterbacks got watered down. Wide receivers became more prevalent. Running backs that only ran the ball got watered down. And running backs started to go from carrying the ball 400 times a year to 300 times a year. So it's been pretty interesting to kind of go back. And, you know, those mid-90s leagues were were pretty interesting because, again, if you had one or two of those, you, you couldn't screw it up. Right. <laughs> um well, I mean, obviously, we get pretty frustrated with the same old platforms, and, and there's not enough innovation, maybe the Superflex, things like that. Um, so when, when you're hoping for a new platform that you can do across web and mobile, and obviously you don't want it to crash, which can happen, and you, know, you don't want a whole bunch of ads, which can happen. Um, the, I, I was told recently someone, someone brought up SleeperBot, which has been around for a little while. And um, host fantasy football leagues. I actually downloaded the app today to check it out. Um, I got to tell you, it's it's really really cool. It's um, you you can set up a league pretty easily. Um, it's pretty easy to invite people to join. It's got a full it's got a full suite of features to help the commissioner, and and you know that's always pretty tough. It, it looks pretty cool. It's got a really nice draft board that you can that you can actually you know you can put on a TV and and has lots of fun animations in it. The app just it's it's. It's different. It's sleeker, more modern. It's social. It's fun. It's really cool. And like I said, I've seen it. Uh, I'm going to start a league. I'm actually going to do a listener league because uh, SleeperBot is going to be sponsoring the podcast uh, this year. So I'm, I'm going to have a listener league that I'm going to launch pretty soon. Invite everybody to it, so uh, you know people to hop on and get in there. So we're going to we're going to use SleeperBot, and, and everybody else can check it out. So please, I encourage download the SleeperBot app. Just search for SleeperBot in the App Store or on the web, and you'll find it. And your commissioner league mates, I'm going to tell you, I, I think they're going to thank you. I think you're going to find it really cool, and I think I'm, I'm going to find it really cool too. Okay, tight ends. Um, I like, I'm going to go with likes first. Are you on the Ebron bandwagon? I wasn't, but I got to tell you, I can't. Um, it's really, really hard for me to ignore it because he hits all the boxes. When I look at breakout tight end, um, the only reason I say I wasn't is because I'm sick of hearing about this guy every year, (laughs) but you know, look, we're at a point now where, there's not a lot of expectation for the guy. Now he's everybody's sleeper. So the only reason I'm not on him has nothing to do with him as a player. Um, I'd say I'm not on him only because everyone's on him. Right. Uh, but I can absolutely see why people are on him because um, everything lines up to where it looks like he's in line for a breakout. Okay. And um, I, you know, like where he's going too. So he's, yeah. you know, the only concern is if he, somehow starts creeping up you know and becomes everyone's darling then the value kind of goes away i agree um but even still i think um 
you know, he's going off at tight end 13, which is kind of, you know, I, he should probably be more in line at like around, um, you know, it's hard, man. Cause like the thing about the tight end position is there's a lot of risk up top mm-hmm. and go, you know, two out of those three guys could bust. Yeah. And, you know, so to get pushed up. So like, it's kind of criminal that Zach Ertz is going above him. Um, you know, Martellus Bennett Hunter going Henry. to an offense. I like Hunter Henry, but well, that's the internet darling internet darling right now is, is Joe Mixon, Hunter Henry. You know, those are the guys that, that people are going to push up because they're the, they're the darlings. Um, the talents there, but you know, again, it's, <laughs> Antonio Gates is still alive. Right. And he's going off at tight end 28. And I got to tell you, I think it's crazy. You know, I look at, I look at, uh, I look at Gates going off at tight end 28 and I'm looking at him like, these guys haven't slowed down. And is there anything that says they're not going to be a part of the offense? Right. They're not sexy names. But man, at the tight end position, so if you're gonna if you're gonna take all that risk of drafting Gronk, Kelsey, and Reed in the twenty to forty range, when you can get guys that could potentially be a first round or first rounder, and those three guys, no, thank you, right. I, I can't do it. Um, I just don't see any value at the top at the tight end position. I mean, when Rudolph is going off at eight. And Ebron's going off at 13. Yep. And Doyle. Now, Doyle is kind of a red. You know, like, I was on Doyle, but with the quarterback situation now, it's really, really hard to even look at anybody from Indianapolis without discounting them. So, um, do you still have Brait going off at 22? I still see Brait at 22. Yeah. And that's crazy. Fedorowicz, Fedorowicz at 21. Right. And, and that's there's yeah those are guys who look great. I I get why you'd hesitate on Brait because he's gonna. I mean, you know how how many times do two tight ends produce? And you would think they're going to use Howard to a point, but Brait's pretty good. Howard's going to block. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's the, and, that's and the curse Winston of being good at that. Brait. Winston loves Brait. Yep. And we know the history of rookie tight ends. That's true. They don't do anything. So it's brutal. It's brutal. So. Okay. It usually takes tight ends three or four years, actually, to um, to really kind of figure it out, unless they're elite. Who don't you like? Uh, I don't like the top three guys. I don't. I don't like Gronk, Kelsey, or Reed because of where they're going. Uh, there's there's way too much injury risk, and Kelsey to me is another guy that everybody is pushed up because they want to love somebody, and. While he's got monster games and he can, he has potential, look, they started to finally use him after week eight, but he's he does not get touchdowns, right? And they don't score. Yeah, they they, don't the score. Kansas City Chiefs cannot score. They never will. Not in that Andy Reid system. Not with the quarterback that they have. So why am I going to take a guy at thirty-one? that I know has no potential of getting 10 touchdowns for the most part. I mean, I don't, I don't see any way in the current landscape. Look, caught five and 14, five and 15, four and 16, yep. three. It, it's not there. I know. This guy's not scoring 10 touchdowns. I mean, they did throw to him more last year, but you're right. They don't throw to him and they didn't 
get him. But at the, 31 yeah. overall, I know I, I can get a wide receiver or or or. or the top three guys based on injury or name you know i think a lot of people fall in love with names and, and look travis kelsey makes a lot of good plays and everybody goes nuts when he has a big game yeah look at the numbers look at the offense that he plays in. look at the numbers i mean i'd rather have jimmy graham at five uh i'd rather have rudolph at eight right you know i just so yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you're getting you're you're basically Ol- going. Olson, Olson, and Rudolph had pretty much identical numbers last year. No, yep. Olson went off at 52, and Rudolph's going off at 87. And and Rudolph caught what 83 passes, right? And he's going. I don't think that, I I think Rudolph has the perfect quarterback. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Rudolph has the perfect quarterback that's going to get him the ball. That completes 60, 70 percent of his passes. Doesn't throw interceptions. The way that they play, I don't see any reason why Kyle Rudolph doesn't repeat what he did last year. Right. Uh, I, I think that's fine. And he's, you know, okay. He catches 80, 83 passes. We're in a PPR format, and he's going 55 picks after Kelsey. Probably going to put the same numbers. Yep. Okay. Um, everybody, I, I think we're going to wrap it here. We can talk about players all night, but I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out at rotowire.com slash pod. Um, what are you working on soon? You got some DFS stuff coming up? Yeah, I'm going to switch over to Roto- on RotoWire. We're going to go with NFL, um, you know, kind of some preseason stuff leading up. More like overall strategy. Once the salaries come out, I'll start talking about that. Um, people kind of get bent out of shape and say, well, the salaries change after one week. Well, they don't change that much. Right. So, you know, you're going to be able to get a guy, um, if he comes out cheap week one, you know, they're not going to take a $5,000 guy and make him eight. It just, that's not the way the algorithm works. So even if a guy comes out cheap week one, he's going to be cheap probably weeks two, three, and four. So there's still relevance in that. Um, you know, the differences between FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, how to play on both sites, uh, they're vastly different. People think they can take one lineup and put it on the other. You can't. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then just kind of reviewing what happened a year ago, uh, you know, on a position basis leading up to week one. So, you know, it's, it's all geared towards people who maybe just started playing last year or didn't play or have never played, and they're going to start playing this year. Okay. I'm looking forward to that stuff, and I'm pretty sure, based on one thing we talked about earlier, if I'm playing DraftKings, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be rostering a $3,800 theoretic in cash in week one. Just- There's going to be a handful of guys like that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's going to be crazy, man. Like, it's, you know, whether it's Jack Wes Rogers, whether it's Darren Sproles, whether it's Terrence West, I mean – Week one, there's going to be a ton of running back value. Yeah. So, All right. um, I think you know it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how things play out. All right. Thanks a lot. He is, by the way, with all that DFS stuff he was just talking about. If you're thinking about playing DFS, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, or something else this season, you should read his stuff at RotoWire because it's always really good. I know we've talked about DFS on previous podcasts together, and and but Mike's information is really really great. You can follow him on Twitter at FantasyRath. I'm at Helpin37. You can also follow us at RotoWire or at RotoWire uh, NFL. Um, if you like this podcast, everybody, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and a rating. We ask that every time, and we're going to ask it again. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Monday, so please check back then for more great fantasy football info that's going to help you with your draft this month. For Michael Rathburn, I'm John Halpin. Have a great weekend. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.